Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and hit winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Three for three to start the NFL season. Good morning. Welcome into Early Odds. Three winning weeks. Looking to make it number four with you this week here on the show. Our Circa Sports Million Picks, 12-3, hitting at an 80% clip. So maybe you can figure out when to fade because that, my friends, is at an unsustainable pace. 12-3, and three, we're feeling good. Unfortunately, not good enough to be in the mix for the quarterly prizes they have in the contest because... For the first time ever, there's a 15-0. That's right, three 5-0 weeks for someone participating. They are in the driver's seat to take home that big six-figure quarterly prize. We're just going to keep on churning, shooting for 3-2 and two or better. Tough to do in the National Football League. I'll talk about the plays I like and tweet out the official five later today at Joe0670, at Joe0670. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, Presented by your local Hyundai dealers. We'll bring in sports betting analyst Sam Panianovic, also a longtime friend in a moment. The best college football betting angles for today with the Action Network's Alex Colodage, another local guy, and Yahoo's Pamela Maldonado. A quick Bears-Lions note, our legal Illinois sports books and Vegas books have the Bears as three-point favorites over the Lions with a low-low total of 41 in the hook. The look-ahead very early number six days ago was Bears minus six, total of 46. As I've been talking about on all the shows this week, immediate action on Detroit 
mixed with a response to whatever the hell that was on the football field in Cleveland last week, the Bears as favorites and that total came crashing down. Now, some of the sharper offshore books out there have it inside of a field goal, so it's Bears minus two and a half. Just something to keep in mind. While the Lions have kept it close against some quality opponents, it's not going to be that bad again for the Bears. It couldn't possibly be, right? Not against a team that isn't even close to the rich talent that the Cleveland Browns have on that roster. What a uh, Super Bowl contending squad that they've built over the last few years. This does kind of remind me of the same spot we saw two weeks ago when the city was on Cincinnati. Bad loss at the Rams. Great team. Come back home. Everyone is on the Bengals. Bears win. Go on the road at the Browns. A disaster. Bears are favorites at home. And now we're probably going inside of a field goal everywhere before we get to tomorrow. Just something to keep in the back of your mind. I'm not saying it's a top five pick of mine, but let's not overreact too much. Priors are there for a reason. You may have heard Tom Brady returns to Foxborough tomorrow night, and there have been hundreds and hundreds of props to bet on that game posted for Sunday night football all week long, which is quite rare. It's being treated in the sports betting world like it's some sort of a mini Super Bowl here in the National Football League. So I had to reach out to my guy in Boston, Sam Panianovich. He's a betting analyst at Nesson, worked in Chicago for quite some time. He hosts a chicken dinner podcast. I used to co-host the chicken dinner podcast. Well, Sammy fired me. How you doing, Sammy? I did not fire you. You <laughs> left me. You they, left me to go to Vison. Don't they, twist it. They forced me to quit on you. Otherwise, we'd still be doing it. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, Can you imagine how that show would look now? I mean, we're talking national, probably. Um, You're right about this matchup with the Pats and the Bucks. It feels like a Super Bowl matchup, but we both know that one of these teams ain't sniffing the Super Bowl. You know, I keep telling people all week here in New England, you know, they ask, how do I bet the game? And my advice has been, well, if you like the Bucks, I would lay the five and a half, six on the open. If you like the Patriots, I would wait until Sunday about 20 minutes before kickoff and take a seven at maybe plus a hundred or plus one Oh five. I don't know that we get to seven and a half, mm. but there's really no angle there aside from being the contrarian who's taking a good number, maybe a great number, but that doesn't matter. You know, all these sharp guys all the time in the NFL, they take good numbers. Remember you and I, before, uh, before we had to split, Everybody was betting the Browns every week in the NFL. Jaguars back then, still. They, the Browns finished 4-12 and 12 against the spread, and the Sharp guys bet them every single week. And, you know, sometimes it's not about the matchup or the team. You're betting a number. And I don't know that there's anything I've seen from the Patriots. Their offensive line is injured. Trent Brown is banged up. Mac Jones has been awful inside the red zone. And they don't run the ball all that well. So, I I mean, you're really just betting on Belichick solving the Brady puzzle, but he might not have the horses to hang around. Well, that's what I've been talking about all week, Sam, because we all understand everyone is going to be on the Bucks. 97, maybe the 3% that are not betting on the Bucks are living in your area, in the New England area. We've known for years. 
Tom Brady breaks models. He's going to lose you money. I understand it shows that there's value to the point spread and the more and more in this, this climbs and maybe it does break seven uh, because the books have to take such a position needing New England on Sunday night, which is always the biggest game of the week because all those teasers, all those parlays tied to that matchup. But where's the advantage for New England? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Maybe there's some value on the point spread, but you also have the greatest quarterback of all time that wants to step on throats tomorrow night. I've got some numbers for you. Here's Brady against the number in the regular season, 178, 118, and 6. So 60 games over 500 in the regular season, Mm -hmm. mostly because he gobbles up on bad teams. And I don't know that the Patriots are a bad team, but they're not a good team. Here's Brady's number in the postseason, 24, 20, and 1 in the playoffs. Now, why is that? Well, they play better teams, and they're laying – much bigger numbers. They pay the Brady tax. The books make you pay the Brady tax. You know, the, the bucks, if they mm-hmm. make the playoffs this year and they're a one or a two seed, rather than lay four, you're going to have to lay six, six and a half. So Brady has been a very strong bet in the regular season. Think about the division he played in too. You know, when the Patriots are winning championships, the dolphins mostly suck. The bills sucked forever. The Jets have been horrendous for decades. So, you know, he feasted on poor competition. And there are a lot of people that lost a lot of money trying to get cute, take a good number going against Tom Brady. I still think the best way to bet the game is under. I'd go under 49. I'm sure we'll talk about it. But if you're looking for a side here, I would just tease Tampa down. You know, it's at seven right now at some places, some places six and a half. You tease it down to a pick them, tease it down to a half, tease it down to one, whatever you do. That's what I would do. I don't think they're losing this game. I can't see it. And I'm not hyperbolic by any means. You know that. I just, I don't see Mac Jones outdueling Tom Brady on Sunday night in Foxborough. So the avenue to cover town, when you think about the game and how it could play out, should the Patriots cover, it's Patriots get the ball, run eight minutes off the clock, score a touchdown, Maybe Brady's a little frazzled early in the game. The jitters, the nerves, it's 7-0. Pats get the ball back. Another long drive, a field goal. It's 10-0. By this point, it's, you know, the nine-minute mark of the second quarter, and then the Bucs have to play from behind. But they don't have the firepower to win this game in a shootout. They don't have the firepower to go over the total. Belichick has to play this low and slow. Go back and look at the game last year when Baltimore came in as a seven-point favorite Sunday night. Very similar situation. The Pats won it 20-17, to 17, period. That's the way to victory or cover for New England. That's about it, Jack. Uh, if we're going to sit on the public side for a minute, how do we feel about an early touchdown drive for Tampa Bay on uh, the first touchdown of the game, Tom Brady sneaks it at 18-1, to 1, and then you get the, pat- the patented spike to get things rolling at Foxborough. I do love 18 to one. I don't know that I love the bet, but here we are. (laughs) It's a number. It's not a wager. That's often how I find myself in trouble. Yeah. I mean, if they get down to the one yard line, you have to imagine what he's thinking. Brady first touchdown, 18 to one. What's any time. I imagine any time's got to be about three to one, three fifty. That sounds right. Here's the other interesting prop on Brady. DraftKings has a first quarter passing yards and you know what those sons of guns did. The uh, the passing record, I believe he needs 68 yards in the in the game to break the record. DraftKings has yep. given you 67 and a half passing yards in the first quarter. Juice oh. to the over. Oh man, that's going over. I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe the first drive. Can I bet on the first drive? 
I don't know that you can do it there. You could probably do it somewhere. I've seen hundreds of Brady props already. They're just, it's they're phenomenal. everywhere. Um, let me tell you something though. I've been hearing some rumors about Gronkowski and that he, he's nowhere near a hundred percent. First of all, second of all, he might not even play. There's a rib situation going on and yeah, you could shoot it up, but if he's nowhere near a hundred percent and there's a chance for further injury, is there any reason he should be on the field in week four of the regular season? I mean, what's important? Playing in week four in a game in Foxborough that you're probably going to win anyways, or being healthy for the postseason. I've been hearing it that he's not going to play. So I've already went over on OJ Howard receiving yards. It was 19 and a half. Uh, Cameron Brait, I thought about that over too, because the targets are going to be higher for both guys. Sure. You know that Gronk is still priced in all of these markets. But if he gets ruled out and it's official, then all of a sudden these books are going to scramble and they're going to have to calibrate new numbers for everybody in that Tampa Bay room. And if you're ahead of the curve, I don't need to tell you this, you know this, but if you're ahead of the curve and Gronk gets ruled out, you're going to have great value on every other guy. And you might have some middle situations too. Yeah. So you might want to dial it back on these Gronk props too, which I know have been very popular. There have been props about, uh, which uh, receiver is going to catch the ball that ends up breaking that record. So uh, maybe dial it back. First touchdown, all sorts of stuff on Gronk that people have been betting this week. As long as we bring up Mac Jones, uh, you're watching every snap at least a few times. When we look at him for Offensive Rookie of the Year, many sports books have him as a co-favorite now. What do you think? Is he the co-favorite just by default because the rest of these quarterbacks are so awful, or is that deserved? He's the co-favorite because of the liability. Let's not get it twisted. They took some pops, all these sports books. I was one of the people that helped them out, you know, 10 to one, bang, eight to one, bang, before Cam got cut. So those bets built up. And then all of a sudden they had to just shorten the hell out of Jones. They moved them down. I think one book moved him to three to one. The best rookie right now for my money, like if you had me pick a guy right now, it's Jamar Chase. Yep. He's the best rookie He's getting so many targets, and he's a guy that's productive already. Remember, remember all the Justin Fields hype? People were, were touting their eight, nine to one rookie of the year bets on Fields. Oh, mm -hmm. 10 to one, 12 to one. No offensive line, no weapons, more on for a coach. Doesn't matter. Bad situation. Trevor Lawrence, bad situation. Zach Wilson, awful situation. Najee Harris, bad situation. Ben can't do anything. The line sucks. Who's in a better situation right now than Jamar Chase? Got a very good young quarterback, accurate, gets him the ball, feeds him the rock. He's caught a couple touchdowns. He might have 10 touchdowns by the end of October. And if that's the case, you look at the board right now, you could find like a five, six to one on chase to win rookie of the year on offense. That's my advice. And you know, I've got Mac 10, nine to one. He doesn't understand the red zone offense yet. And Bill is also more satisfied He'd rather take the points. You know, so many drives have stalled and Bill takes the three. Fourth and two at the 20, Bill takes the three. Third and eight at the 25, Bill's not throwing the ball to the middle of the field. He's running a five and out, getting closer, taking the points. I have a defense. I have a defense. So this is not an offensive juggernaut by any means. And I'll tell you what else, man. How much money did they waste on Johnu Smith? He, mm. he, caught, he caught two balls last week for the money they paid him and Hunter Henry, they're not even using those guys. So the offense is a mess of all those rookies, Jamar chase. He's got the, uh, he's got the easiest lane right now to the money.
Uh, this is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest this week, Sam Panianovich, betting analyst at Nesson and host of the Chicken Dinner podcast. Sammy, you mentioned teasers earlier. They dominated week three of the National Football League. Uh, all the available teasers to go through three and through seven, if you lined them all up at any point during the week, you went 10-0 and 0 on teasers. You, you hit every one of them. And there are a lot of teasable lines for this week. So you know what I'm thinking. Everybody's going to be betting teasers this week, and a couple of these are going to mess it up, right? Well, one of the favorites, I think, is going to lose outright. I don't think it's going to be Tampa Bay, but there's a team like New Orleans. I wouldn't be surprised if New Orleans lost outright as about a seven-point favorite. People are going to tease them down. Uh, the other team that's really um, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee is yeah. another one. Tennessee minus seven, minus six and a half. When teams go on the road and you're not sure about them, it just, it scares me to death. And Tennessee's a team where I still don't know how good they are. I've always been, though, Joe, I've been a guy, you mentioned the Wong teaser, the three and seven tease through those numbers. I like to tease up. I don't usually tease down. My favorite teaser leg this week is Indianapolis. You can take them from two and a half the other way. Take them through the three, four, six, seven, and even the eight. I can get... The Indianapolis Colts backs against the wall. Frank Reich, usually better. For some reason, he's not good in the first two or three weeks, and then they get hot. I don't know that that's going to happen this year, but Indianapolis plus eight and a half against Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, sign me up for that one. Yeah, Broncos Ravens, the favorite flip midweek, but uh, you can get both of those up to plus seven. That's not bad in a, in a tight matchup. Lamar news hasn't been too enticing with his back. No, that makes me nervous, but I am I am so anti-Denver, and it doesn't yeah. help me that my guy, the bartender on Chicken Dinner, he has <laughs> bet the Broncos. Joe, he's bet them every week. He told me last week he might just bet them every week all year. Like, that's his – he finally figured it out at age 55. He's going to just bet the same team every week. So he oh. took the Broncos. <laughs> he took them against the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. And this guy has reinvented the wheel. He knows what he's doing now. He's on Denver. I imagine he hasn't given me his picks yet, but uh, this guy went 11 and 23 last year against the number. He is four and one against the number in my eyeball. And, and that's a team that he loves this year, but does he really love them or does he love them because he's three and zero on them? These are the battles I fight with myself. Oh, yeah. He's going to be on all the chalk. Come on, just say it. He's going to take the Bucks. We can announce it right here on early odds. We all know he's going to be on the Bucks like the other 97% of betters out there. He slipped in a dog a couple of weeks ago. And Dave Sherapin, he's a friend of yours, a friend of mine, yep. really, really good odds maker, long time out in Vegas. And uh, his quote is when the bartender takes a dog, just rally the other way. And I think it was, oh, it was Cincinnati against Chicago. Bartender was all over the Bengals two and a half. And really the game should have never been that close. The bears were up what 20 to three in the fourth quarter. When he ships a dog off, man, it's bon voyage on the favorite. So you, you uh -huh. never know with this guy. He's as unpredictable as they come. No. And Sam tweets out the bartender picks every week at SP shoot at SP shoot. Initial thoughts on the card. I'll share mine first. Don't love it. There are a lot of plays as longtime NFL betters. I know I have to make, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull the trigger, like some ugly ones like the bears, giants and jets on the dog side. There's value to those, these numbers uh, based on the look aheads, based on priors, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to bet on these teams. 
I haven't been. I sat around. I looked at my screen last week. I'm at the screen four or five hours a day, and it's Friday, Saturday, and I got to get in my five picks for the Super Contest, and I got to get my pools in and everything. And I had Jacksonville, and I had New York Jets both on the screen. I said to myself, why do you keep drinking the poison? That's what it is. It's like somebody kicking you in the nuts repeatedly over and over again. And yeah, you got a good number on this team, whichever bad team we're talking about. How do you feel when they're down 28 to three at half? Why do we even do this to ourselves? Fundamentally, you're right. Eventually, there's going to be that week where the bad teams cover. Um, I think Giants, Jags, and Jets are one in eight against the number. Eventually, these numbers are going to get so big where they're going to have to start covering because mm -hmm. the back door will also never close. But I'm not going dirty. I don't want to, to jump in the mud here. I like Baltimore, took the one, um, as I sort of alluded to. And then I think one of my favorite bets, I know Carolina is not as healthy as I'd like them to be in the secondary, but they did just make a trade uh, to bring in some help in the secondary. I love that spot, and I love their coaching staff. I think Joe Brady is doing a tremendous job with Sam Darnold. Carolina played last Thursday. You get the extra rest. They play on Sunday on the road in Dallas. Dallas off a Monday night game against a division rival. Dallas defensively also not that great. So Carolina loses by one, two, three, four. I'm good. I love Carolina plus the four and a half. I think that's my favorite bet of the weekend. On the Ravens-Broncos game, the only thing I'm doing there is teasing the dog as long as I can get it to at least seven or hopefully through the seven at some point. But I do have uh, this matchup written down, and we are on the same side, my friend, at plus four and a half. I was hoping we were going to get a, a bigger number off the buzz of the Cowboys and their performance on Monday Night Football. But like you mentioned, the short week, I'm a little, it's a little dicey because that offense looks elite right now. But the defense isn't as, as good as people are saying. They've been creating turnovers. I don't know that that's going to last. And many people are just pushing the Panthers to the side because they have wins over the Texans and the Jets. But they've dominated some teams. And defensively, that is bar none the best defense in the game right now. And I they love, dominated the Saints. I, I love Joe Brady getting points here in this spot against a bad defense. Getting four and a half. Uh, the market is starting to shift on Carolina, but getting more than a field goal against anyone, I, I love that play. I'm on the Yeah, Murray well. at the Superbook in Vegas said that they opened, they reopened Dallas five and a half after Monday night. And of course, this is on, you know, Sunday, last Sunday, after all the games are, are winding down in the afternoon, these lines go up. People don't realize they, you know, they look at the board on a Saturday or Sunday for the NFL. And it's like, well, these lines have been out for almost a week now. Mm -hmm. Dallas did reopen five and a half. And Murray said that they just got pounded by, by winning betters. They took five and a half. They took five. Uh, I think the Westgate right now, actually, yeah, Westgate's down to four. Um, the Ooh. four and a halfs are disappearing, buddy. Four and a half at Circa, four and a half at Caesars. Four and a half offshore, but a lot of these American books, DraftKings, Rivers, FanDuel, points bet, they're all at four. So uh, the move is real. You know, to go from five and a half down to four, that's not little old ladies making those bets for 20 bucks. Uh, let me throw another game at you, Sammy. Just get your thoughts. I know uh, it doesn't sound like you have a play on it, but I'm looking at an NFC West matchup, and we've got the Seahawks at the Niners. Big on San Francisco coming into the season. I don't like what I've seen. Uh, week one, they're letting Detroit back in the game. They were not supposed to beat the Eagles. Philadelphia handed them the game in week number two. And then we had that late loss last week against Green Bay. I'm just going to chalk up 
Seahawks Vikings in week number three as a complete dud, a no show for Seattle and Russell Wilson, their offense. If you just look down the numbers, they are at the top right here. It's offensive yards per play. They're number one. They're number two in offensive DVOA success rate. They're top five. Uh, Russell Wilson is not being discussed as a potential MVP candidate because his team is one in two, but this is a big spot for Seattle. They've got a couple of tough games coming up. I like Seattle getting a field goal. I don't really hate that. I don't, I don't love the game either way. Here's where I'm nervous. Seattle's defense has given up 30 points in two straight weeks. That's the issue. That's why yep. they're one and two. They're not yep. one and two because of Russ. They're one and two because they're getting freaking gashed on the other side of the ball. I mean, Tennessee comes in and puts up 532 yards of offense. Tennessee, 532 yards of offense. Then Minnesota in the Dome, wham, bam, 453 yards on Seattle's defense. Uh, I think, you know, Shanahan wasn't really that great early in the first half against Green Bay. They sort of figured it out later in the game. They, they failed to realize early that the Packers can't stop the run, and then they started running, and they're like, oh, wow, this is a good idea. Some of these coaches, though, man, like the Shanahan's and the Neggies and the Sirianni's <laughs> in Philly, that it's it's first and goal at the five, and they run the reverse. You know, they run sideways, not forwards. I, I just never understand that. But I, I don't hate Russell Wilson getting points. There's another game, you know, teaser. You could tease up Seattle from, uh, you know, three up to nine. That's something I don't think that loses. Um, and, and Seattle um, – Seattle, a team that's dangerous. They're never really out of games with Russ, but that defense has been very, very bad so far. They need to correct that stuff. Yeah, those coaches, smartest guy in the room. Just ask them. They'll tell you all about it. Uh, before you get to your college football plays, want to throw one more NFL game at you. Uh, the Chiefs are favored by a full touchdown. They can't cover going back to the middle of 2020, 2-12 against the spread in their last 14 games. Maybe I'm trying to thread the needle here, but – Everything sets up short week for Philadelphia, Andy Reed revenge. If you want to go narrative, the offense is putting up points, the defense, the problem with the chiefs, but are they really going to lose three in a row? I think they win. I think they cover, they lay it on this Philadelphia secondary, which looked rough on Monday night. What do you think? I don't know that I'm going to pull the minus seven here, but uh, I do like the chiefs. I might go chiefs in contests. I'm not going to put my money down on Kansas city. It's, it's another situation where I sort of compare it to Tampa Bay and New England. You're really just taking the number, not the team, taking the mm -hmm. seven with the Pats. You're really taking the number here on Philly. Bookmakers will tell you they're still writing heavy action on KC, 80, 85% of the bets on the Chiefs. But man, it's like the Chiefs have that game every year where they just railroad some poor team. You know, like they might not be covering. They might have a bad three, four week stretch where Mahomes has to bail them out. But there is that one game when they go up 21 to nothing and then it ends up 38 to 10. This is a potential spot here. And I just I don't know about that offense for Philly. Uh, a lot of young players. They have some speed, but that's a young quarterback. Their best receivers young. A lot of their weapons are young. Their coach is young and their defense is getting you know a little banged up. Secondary is not exactly healthy. They just lost Brandon Graham, one of their best pass rushers. The back door probably never closes here, but they haven't been I, scoring the last couple of weeks either. Yeah, they really haven't. And uh, in Kansas City, you really have to run the ball well to beat them. Cleveland did it. Cleveland ran the ball well. <laughs> the Chargers ran the ball well. The Eagles 
Dude, they didn't even run the ball on Monday night. I'm, I'm screaming at the TV. I don't even have action on the game. Well, I had the over, actually. But I'm screaming at the TV, run! Uh, you know, all he's doing is having Jalen Hurts pass. Sanders had two carries, I think. It was ridiculous. <laughs> You're not going to have a chance if you don't control the T.O.P. you got to have more time of possession against Kansas City if you want a chance, especially if you're not as talented as Kansas City. You have to take away their clock, and you have to stop them by running the ball. And nothing has shown me that Nick Sirianni is all of a sudden going to run the ball 40 times. I just I don't think that's going to happen. How many three and longs are you going to put Jalen Hurts in? That's that's trouble, potentially. Sammy, before I cut you loose, uh, tell the early odds listeners the college football looks that they should be considering today. Yeah, well, we're hearing that uh, Hooker, the quarterback for Tennessee, is healthy and he's going to go. So that's something that makes us happy. We took three with Tennessee. Um, also, two teams in the SEC. I like. I laid 18 and a half with Georgia. Uh, if one more person tells me that they like Arkansas catching points because they're <laughs> undefeated, I'm going to bet even more on it. Georgia yeah. could win this game 38 to 10, 38 to 14. I, I made the number 24 and, and, and the number is 18, 19. And uh, look, man, uh, nobody's been banging this Matt Corral Heisman thing longer than I have. I, I haven't found this person yet. We got 35 to one in the off season. So I'm going to ride this thing down to the whip. Um, they're getting 15 against Alabama off an open week. Lane's been running the ball too, man. He's been running. They're sixth in the nation and running. And that's how you keep it close with Alabama. Run the ball, open up the play action. Corral's a dual threat. Reminds me of Manziel at AM. They beat him that year. Dual threat quarterbacks give Saban fits. And this is not an Alabama defense like it was in 08 or 11 or whatever. This is an offensive team. I don't think Alabama can stop Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to cover this game. I feel pretty good about it. I'd love to see it. That would be hilarious. Shut Wilbon up with his bad kiff and take that he had earlier this week. Sam Panianovich at SP Shoot on Twitter. Betting analyst at Nesson. Subscribe to the Chicken Dinner Podcast. Sam, enjoyed it. Uh, appreciate your visit. Thanks for jumping on early odds today. Anytime, buddy. Love to see us doing well. Keep it up. Sammy, do the same, my friend. We go way back. I believe I had to convince that guy to start a sports betting podcast many, many moons ago. Look at us now. Awesome insight from Sam Panianovich on the big game tomorrow night. More college football plays next, and there was a significant move with the Bears season win total. Not good. We'll cover that next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturday mornings, 8 to 9, on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Score listener line is open 24-7, 365, empowered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Thanks for hanging with Early Odds, 670 The Score on this Saturday morning. I'm Joe Ostrowski, college football in a moment. Sports books, including points bet, dropped updated NFL win totals midweek. And guess what? Your Bears among the biggest movers after last week's debacle. I was quite surprised because of the degree of the movement that we saw in these numbers compared to the preseason win totals. Before Thursday night's loss, the Jaguars moved the most. They went from 6.5 down to 3.5 and, 
the only team to move three full victories after three weeks. Nine others adjusted between two and two and a half wins, including the Bears. Matt Nagy's outfit, one and two record, just like they're supposed to be one and two. Big underdogs twice, favored once. But it's looked so bad that the Bears' win total went from seven and a half before week one all the way down to five and a half after week three. The schedule gets much more challenging coming up after the Lions tomorrow. So I understand why the sports betting world is so down on the Bears. In South Bend today, the Irish are an underdog again. Notre Dame and Cincinnati. Here's Yahoo's Pamela Maldonado with me this week on BetQL Daily. She's sharp, so listen. I'm looking to Notre Dame side here. I'm taking them on the money line. I know that there's some quarterback concern here with Jack Cohn because he did leave the last game from injury. He was a full go for practice yesterday, so that's some good news. Now is he going to actually play? But I'm not taking Notre Dame because of their quarterback situation. I'm taking them because of their defense. Marcus Freeman, who is the defensive coordinator for Cincinnati, Well, he's now the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame, and there's definitely a shift. You can see it. Cincinnati last year, I loved, loved, loved taking them as underdogs and taking them to cover spreads because they were the 10th best pass rush in the country, and they absolutely wrecked havoc on quarterbacks. Well, they had 30 sacks last season. Through three games, they they are 99th in quarterback pressure so far with only four total sacks, and the Cincinnati defense is ranked 17th against the pass. But if you look at the teams they faced – played 99th ranked passing team in Miami, Ohio, and a 53rd ranked in passing offense in Indiana. So I'm not too convinced that this Cincinnati defense is quite the same than what we saw then last year. But they're about to get tested here, and I think Notre Dame, they're just the better passing pass rush. They're the better defense. They're catching them at home. They're coming off another situation where takeovers has really been key for this defense. Notre Dame is fifth in takeaways and Cincinnati last year they had trouble with giveaways that came into fruition when they played against UCF. Well they're 124th in giveaways now playing against lesser opponents they have three interceptions, four fumbles and there's only 130 teams so they're not doing too well in that category. This is going to be a defensive game and if it is then I like Notre Dame here to get the win. Notre Dame as an underdog in back-to-back weeks. In this situation, a home underdog, which is uh, quite rare in South Bend when Notre Dame's undefeated for them to be an underdog. But uh, the college football playoff implications here loom large because if Cincinnati, the short favorite, and I agree with you on Notre Dame, but if we're wrong and the Bearcats pull off the victory here, I almost said upset, which it can be good, even though they're playing against Notre Dame, it would not be an upset since they are favored. But if Cincinnati wins this game, They should run the table looking at their remaining schedule. And we're also at a time when you see Clemson lose again. You see Mm -hmm. some other top teams that have gone down. Do you think it could finally happen? I know we have this conversation every year, but since the halves that we always talk about have lost multiple games, like Clemson, they're getting knocked out. Oklahoma, they keep winning, but not in impressive fashion. They're just getting by with their games but if Cincinnati wins this game and they run the table, do you think they're in? 
Um, I'm still going to lean to the side of no, because the schedule this year is still just not as impressive as their wins that they had last year. The teams that they faced last year, high potent offenses, and they held every single one to minimal yardage and minimal scores. This year, they just don't have the same type of competition. You're playing against Notre Dame, who potentially could be without their quarterback. Temple, well, they're a stinker. Uh, UCF has been, yeah, they're still putting up points, but they're, they don't have the same offensive weapons that they did had last year. And then you have Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, USF. SMU would be a good win for them, but I just still don't think that the level of competition here is going to be enough to squeak them in. I think last year was their best chance, and it was unfortunate that they didn't get it. And if it wasn't last year, then it's probably never. Huge game this week. A number of terrific matchups looking at the board. That was Pamela Maldonado of Yahoo Sports on BetQL Daily. I'm Joe Ostrowski. The Action Network's Alex Kolodege grew up in the area. And Alex dropped by the show. We started with Alabama Ole Miss. Take a listen. This game, I didn't initially plan on having any um, any stance on this game, but the total actually got jacked up way too high, and I had to make a play on the under at 80. 1,300-plus yards of offense last year. They only punted three combined times. The overcast in the third quarter, there were over 100 and, you know, what, 111 combined points. Um, you know, obviously, both offenses are capable. Like you said, two Heisman favorites under center, but... I was joking with a buddy who said, man, all it takes is one holding penalty for this game to just be completely flipped upside down in the game script to uh, to maybe fizzle out. So everything kind of went perfect last year for the offenses. I thought 80 was seriously inflated. I only made it 75. Um, and at 80, I wanted to get involved. So, you know, it, a red zone turnover or, like I said, a holding call, a costly holding call could set the entire game back. So I went under 80, and I and I felt pretty comfortable about it. Alex, what's more vomit-inducing right now, backing Graham Mertz or North Carolina in general? North Carolina, and it's not close because <laughs> I've I, – and, and here's why. I, I've bet Graham Mertz week one against Penn State, and I bet against North Carolina last week, and I would say losing North Carolina outright against Georgia Tech was 100 times worse than watching Graham Mertz throw his fifth red zone interception against Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> What's your read on that? Uh, Michigan-Wisconsin uh, this week. I, I know most of the week it was just hanging around a pick'em. Mm -hmm. So I, I wrote this game for the Action Network. I wanted to take this game on. I'm a Michigan fan, admittedly, and I recommended taking Michigan's team total under. I just think this is just kind of the ultimate Harbaugh spot where he falls flat. They haven't beaten Wisconsin and Madison since 2001. I know it really doesn't say anything. I know it doesn't um, have any impact on what's going to happen, but They've just really struggled to, to play in Wisconsin. And really, a lot of teams have struggled to play in Wisconsin. Paul Christ has held each of the last, I want to say, four or five opponents of the team total under in, in Madison. Last year, the defense finished number four in SP+. And really, Michigan hasn't been forced outside of a positive game script all year. And to be honest, I think J.J. McCarthy probably should have started over Cade McNamara. This is going to be their first road game in really forever. you got a lot of key pieces, a lot of players on this roster that, that haven't played a true road game. So I went, um, I went Michigan team total under. If you could find a 20-and-a-half or better, I think it's a good play. Outstanding stuff from Alex Colodige and Pam Maldonado. If you'd like to hear the full conversations, check out the BetQL Daily Podcast. We're live weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m. on the Odyssey app and twitch.tv slash BetQL to name a couple places. More info on the show on my Twitter page, at Joe0670. Early Odds contributor Jim Miller has positive info if you hate the VIG.
course you do. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670 The Score. Don't forget to download the PointsBet app now and use code THESCORE to get your first bet risk-free up to $2,000. Complete your registration in less than a minute at one of our three convenient retail locations in Crestwood, Prospect Heights, or at Hawthorne Racecourse, where we find our buddy, weekly contributor, Jim Miller, here on Early Odds, Sports Radio 670, The Score. And Jim, for all of our loyal listeners, every Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m. here on The Score, they know we've been telling them for well over a year that this was going to happen, but for some reason, uh, it it was shocking. Maybe it was just like, oh, this is for real. This isn't a rumor we've been hearing about our entire lives as Chicago Bears fans, about them heading to the Northern Burbs. It's real, and it's going to happen. It's just a matter of how long. And the thing about it, Joe, and you're right, we have been talking about this for over a year, and there was precedent for this because Churchill Downs had done this before. They did it with Hollywood Park. Hollywood Park closed, and it became a gorgeous NFL stadium. Arlington Park made perfect sense because you have land. You have a highway there. You have a train station there. But it's controllable land, too. And that's the one thing that the Bears have never had with Soldier Field. They've always had to share. They've had to share in ticket costs. They've had to share in parking. They've had to share in everything. Now they have a controllable asset. 326 acres worth, a lot different than the seven acres where Soldier Field stands. This was a good move for them, I would say, don't you think? Uh, No question. Matt Nagy likes to talk about the why when he meets with the media, and not a lot of us have a lot of patience for it. I think you just uh, went over some of the why, but the other why is uh, what I do every week on this show and during the week on BetQL Daily, sports betting. And the Bears made that public that they were not allowed to have a sports book. There were issues. There was a lack of communication on the city's end. But if we really rewind, the Bears have an official sports betting partner. And, oh, what do you know? They're going to move right by that official sports betting partner. Part of it is a sports book. They couldn't get what they wanted. The Cubs are building a sports book attached to Wrigley. And none of these other teams have made any progress. And the Bears wanted to but the city wasn't allowing it. And the thing is, you and I talk about this all the time. Look how quickly Illinois has risen through the ranks for sports betting. It wasn't like we jumped in and said, okay, we're going to be the number 10 state or we're going to be the number 15 state. Illinois has been like firmly like four. I mean, this is a state that has a lot of people clamoring to wager on sports. And right now we're in a point where you have to go back to a location and be able to sign up to get registered to place those wagers. But people want to see those comforts. They want that gorgeous location. We talk about our Crestwood location time and again, where you can go there, sit down, watch and wager and enjoy it. And that's what some of these teams want the ability to do so. And you're right. It's hard in some locations to do so, a lot harder in others. But this makes complete sense to do it. And I'm sure with all that land, I'm sure they're going to do it right. That whole setup to have parking, hotel, restaurants, stadium that can host year-round events. It does. It makes sense. It's very sad from the horse racing end of things, but you know what? From the football end of things, this is a perfect move for them. They tried to make sure that we didn't have some of the uh, largest handle in the country with some of the laws that we have, but we still do. 
We defied logic. We still have that, even though we can't bet on our Illinois teams. And even though we have in-person registration here in Illinois, but I don't want to get you in trouble. Uh, there's a big game tomorrow night. I don't know if you've heard about it. Brady at the Patriots. Everyone's betting on it. I see a lot of sports books reporting 97, 98, 99% of the bets are coming in on the Tampa Bay side to a surprise to absolutely no one. I see on the points bet app, Jim, that uh, there's a very own section for prop bets with this game. It's been posted all week called goat bets. What else we have? Yeah. Think about it. You talk about goat bets. I mean, you want to, you want to incorporate Tom Brady and about any type of bet, Points bet is offering that, and they've been very good about doing this kind of stuff and offering everybody wants their different boost, they want their different draw. But here's the thing like we say, there's always the side. You can always bet the side, and you say all the money's coming in on the Tampa Bay side of things. That's when you get into the different props, you get into the different boosts. If you're betting sides, you look to where the value is. And, and we've talked about this all through September. Points bet went no juice on the sides for the NFL games all of September. I think it's pretty awesome that they're extending this another week into this first week of October. Wow. I'll see if they, I'll be curious to see if they'd go further. I think they're going to continue to go further, but when people are shopping their prices, Joe, you talk about the margins and if you can go just a little bit over 50% for picking the right side of things and there's no juice, it's the difference between making money and losing money. And that's what points bet seeing right now. That's huge. Huge. No juice on sides in the NFL over at points, bet. the plan was for September, but they've extended it into October because many of you are taking advantage. We talk about it on a weekly basis, how impactful that is. Plus 100 on bets. That's huge down the line. All right, Jim, what about the horses today? All right. So now we're getting ready for Breeders' Cup prep races. The Breeders' Cup is just over a month away. So the final preps for these horses are taking place. So we're going to look at three grade one preps for the Breeders' Cup. Start at Belmont Park all on Saturday. Race eight, bet the one, a wit across the board. Then go to Belmont race 10 and bet the two Maxfield across the board. And then we're going to go to the West Coast at Santa Anita Park and race 10. Bet the one Tis a Magician across the board. Think you can make some money on all these, Joe. Jim Miller over at Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, let's reconvene before we get to week number five in the NFL. All right. All right. You got it. Good luck, Joe. Preceding Jim, we hit today's college football action with the Action Network's Alex Colodage and Yahoo Sports Pamela Maldonado. We started things off with Nesson betting analyst Sam Panianovich. If you missed any of that, use the rewind feature on the Odyssey app or subscribe to the Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski podcast to get that high-level betting info you need. Let's make it four for four with winning NFL weeks. Remember, I'll tweet out the official five picks I'll be using in the Circus Sports Million Contest at Joe0670, at Joe0670. We'll do that later today. Also share the consensus, Circus Survivor picks, all that good stuff. Back on the score Tuesday through Friday on all four shows, and I host BetQL Daily with Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth weekdays 8 to 11 a.m. Find us on 105.9 FM HD2, 105.9 FM HD2. The Odyssey app, Odyssey Sports YouTube page, and twitch.tv slash betql. Up next, it's Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Cash some tickets like you did with Sox over 90 and a half wins. And keep it locked here on 670 The Score.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.